Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello, gorgeous ones. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Evie, and today I am joined by a gorgeous human, Robin Gooding. Robin Gooding is a certified business and life coach, host of Worldwide Retreats, proud mama to a daughter, female empowerment superfan, hashtag feminist, and sunshine chaser. She thrives in building up humans, businesses, and communities. With almost a decade experience in global business consulting for companies at various stages of growth, from startups to seven figures and beyond, Robin decided to build a business with women at the core, integrating her signature framework of strategy, systems and soul to support women in building profitable businesses so that they can lead their vision of a rich life. She coaches women around the world how to start and scale their online business, walk away from their nine to five and truly believe that they can have it all. This conversation today with Robin is so, so juicy. We talk a bit about her journey to business and entrepreneurship, how to build that self-belief and confidence in the early stages of business, talking about building a business from the inside out that's really aligned and how to charge for your soul work. There is so much more that we talk about in today's episode that I can't wait for you to listen to. I know you'll just love it. So without further ado, here is the one and only Robin Gooding. Welcome Robin to the Elevate Your Life podcast. It's so beautiful to have you here. Thank you for sharing this time with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I should have said this in our little chat before we recorded, but your accent is so beautiful. I love it. Oh. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sucker, for, sucker for accents, hey. Um, amazing, amazing. Hey, before we dive into the conversation around mm-hmm. building a business from the inside out, can you start us off with a dose of inspiration and tell us your favorite quote and why? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I, I have uh, a long list of favorite quotes, and I don't think I could pick one that is my ultimate favorite quote, but I do have sort of an affirmation that I repeat in my head multiple, multiple times a day, and it mm-hmm. it basically is, what is for you cannot ever be taken from you, and what is not for you cannot be forced. And it's just something that grounds me no matter what is going on in my life. It just brings me back to trust, surrender, um, mm. you know, remembering that control is an illusion, uh, there is no security, and that that's okay. And so that's just something that it's, it's on the background of my phone, it's on my desktop, on my computer. It's just it's everywhere I look because it's, it's just that invitation to – relax in life really yeah beautiful love that so much yeah definitely getting that self-trust wisdom coming through there um yeah beautiful and and taking off the pressure just to like Mm -hmm. allowing love it Oh, cool. So, so good. Love it. So before we dive into more of our conversation, can you tell us and the listeners a little bit more about yourself uh, and the work that you do? I'm always really fascinated by other people's business journeys and their entrepreneurial journeys, how they got into it. Um, So can you share a little bit about that? Take us back to when it all started for you. Absolutely. So I think it all started for me really when my family moved from South Africa to Canada. We were, we had no money 
and I had younger siblings. I'm the eldest, and I just wanted to give them the experiences that I thought they deserved as part of their childhood. And so I started a lemonade stand. We lived in this apartment complex with uh, other immigrants, refugees, lower socioeconomic communities. And uh, I just started a lemonade stand where I would have incredible ROI on my products. I would get bulk candy for cheap and lemonade, frozen lemonade and make it. And um, literally from that, I realized how to make money. Um, Quite literally, you know, basic fundamentals. I call it the lemonade stand theory, but really it's about how much is something costing you? How much is something costing you to sell? And what is your return on that? So I learned that at a really, really young age, and I, I made enough money to be able to take my my brothers to the movies and to get burgers and shakes. My parents both worked, and I was looking after them. I was about 12 years old. Uh, and so that was my first real love affair with entrepreneurship. Um, throughout my teenage years, I did little businesses. I had a dance studio and uh, I was just always working like full-time pretty much from my early teenage years. I had to, you know, make enough money to pay for my degree. Um, in, in this family lineage, I was the first person in my family to go to university, um, properly and to stay in university and graduate. And so it, it was something that was really important to me. So I had to work enough to pay for that. And I always wanted to be a human rights lawyer. So after I did my undergraduate degree in Canada, we can't go to law school without having an undergraduate degree. And so I uh, I realized in order to be able to afford my law degree, I would need to work and I would need to take a break between studying really. And I got a job working with, um, I'm not sure if you have them in your side of the world, but do you have Subway Sandwiches? Yes. The franchise? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I got a job with Subway in their head office as a business consultant. And uh, I, I got a promotion and all these other things. And quite quickly, I was taking on more and more responsibility. Um, I always had plans to go back into studying, furthering my degree with with law and human rights, but I just fell in love. I was being mentored by incredible people. And at the age of, I guess it was 23, I was managing multi-million dollar portfolios with multiple entrepreneurs and uh, and having a huge portfolio in where in the part of the world that I live at the time it was the fastest growing franchise in the world and I was getting this incredible behind the scenes perspective on what it is to build a profitable business because I had different mm. business owners all selling the exact same product with the exact same brand visibility at the exact same price Um, the same support, all of that. And they were all doing very differently. They were all performing really differently. Mm. And my job was to get them all as profitable as possible through business strategy and mentorship. So it was a really awesome way to learn business without a textbook, right? Like the real lived experience. So Mm. after that, I saw the value in really like entrepreneurship as this vehicle for for wealth but for uh like real like lifestyle right like what that could give you because the entrepreneurs I was working with they were dumping their entire life savings into this million dollar restaurant and the profits were you know paying the mortgage and sending their kids to school and it was this ripple effect that I don't think I had fully realized when I was younger. And through my my role with them, I was really able to connect with them as humans and, and see their story. And so I just fell in love. I fell in love with entrepreneurship as this vehicle to create a life that you want. And around this time, I had met my boy. Well, he was my boyfriend then. He's my husband now. And I had said, look, I want to go travel. I want to be, you know, experiencing other parts of the world. I 
was climbing the corporate ladder, but I just knew that if I didn't, if I didn't leave now, I wouldn't because it was this really fast track to the top for me. And so we decided to move to Japan together. We lived in Tokyo and I started my own consulting business. So I just started to work with businesses all over the world. I ended up doing my master's degree through Germany, through a school in Germany, and I focused on uh, the role of female economic empowerment at the time. Like basically, I wanted to understand why are women in you know, sort of developed countries, highly educated, still having this gap in earnings, right? Mm. Why are economic structures really not uh, equally balanced? And the biggest thing I was researching was the role of motherhood. And coincidentally, I happened to fall pregnant right before writing my thesis. And so I I zoned in on that. Um, And yeah, the the rest is sort of history. But from there, I started to really focus on business in a way that could empower women. And uh, I realized that I was doing all of this business strategy and mentorship with entrepreneurs, but the men I was working with had very different problems to the women I was working with. And I realized I could not talk about uh, a business strategy without bringing in alignment, mindset, the soul stuff, because the women were just being really, and I'm sure that this is true for everyone, but I think the women were just able to communicate this maybe more comfortably to me, but they were really getting hung up when it came to relationships, boundaries, communicating, their emotions, uh, when things didn't feel aligned or their intuition was telling them something else, you know, like all of these things were really derailing our process. And at that point I decided I needed to be certified in life coaching so that I could really bring in that soul support to the strategy and the systems that I'd been doing for about, you know, at that point, I think it was seven or eight years. Now it's been almost a decade. So that is, that's my journey. Um, there's, there's some other things there that, you know, I, I won't get into, but I really, I really, really, really experienced how women are restricted in corporate structures and, you know, how I personally as a mom too had to choose between my career or being the kind of mom I wanted to be. Mm. Uh, and and wanting women to not have to make that choice is really my why now. Oh, beautiful! Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that juicy I'm, I'm detail. Sorry if like, that was what too a journey. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. I love lo- I love long answers and all the details. It's so fascinating, and I I didn't know all of that about you. So thank you so much for sharing it. It's really really interesting. And so no, now I guess. I can totally see why you do what you do. Like, yes, it's the business strategy, but it's also so much about female empowerment and and creating Mm -hmm. aligned lives and businesses that support us. Yeah, that's it. That's all. And that's where the juice is for me, really. It's about how do we shift the narrative that women have to choose? Because I really, I don't believe that we should have to. Mm, mm. How do we do that dance then, Robs? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we have it all? How do we do both? Well, I mean, I think there's two prongs to this answer. I think the first is just looking at any beliefs that we have, any so like societal conditioning that mm-hmm. says we have to choose, that makes us believe that we can't have it all. And then the second part of that is just really leaning into seasons, recognizing we're not going to have it all necessarily all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just actually had this conversation with my husband. Um, you know, I'll be honest, last night I was I was upset and I and I just said, I'm really not balanced in terms of like the amount of energy and time that I have to invest in my personal friendships right now in this season of my life. I'm struggling in that area because we have lockdowns and we have restrictions and um, I'm on Zoom for work. So the last thing I want to do is hop on Zoom with a girlfriend. You know, I want to see her in real life and feel her and hug her and have a drink with her. And for us, it's been 18 months of that. And so I feel like I, I haven't 
I haven't allocated the time and energy in this current season of my life to my friendships in the way that I have in other seasons, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think we do sometimes make choices and have to prioritize certain things. You know, at the season right now that I'm in, all I really have capacity for is to be a present mother, to be an incredible coach and mentor to my clients, and then to make sure that I'm prioritizing my health and my wellness and my vitality because without that, it all comes apart, right? So Mm. I think that's how we have it all is we believe that we can have it all. And then we also lean into seasons where it's not all at once. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Hey, I I really like that you mentioned that because it is, yeah, we do have seasons and, and, in life and yeah we were so cyclical right so I Mm -hmm. think that's really important to acknowledge and and highlight yeah thanks for sharing that so in those early stages um I mean it's interesting hearing your journey I feel like perhaps it was really a natural progression for you to move Mm -hmm. into your own business consulting and coaching business um but was there any wobbles around self-belief, confidence, or like, did you doubt yourself ever about how do I make this work? How do I make this happen? Was that a thing for you or not so much? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a thing for everyone, really, mm-hmm. um, at different levels. I think it, I mean, because I have a business background, having my own business didn't scare me in the same mm-hmm. way. So, Um, Prior to this specific business that I'm in right now, where I'm specifically business coaching women who want to launch their own business, they're early stage entrepreneurs. Uh, Prior to that, I was in a consulting role helping a company that was uh, doing a lot of diversity work, that was doing a lot of... um, they, they were building up businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But the thing was... (laughs) I I had a secure paycheck. Mm. And so I think the way that I ended up starting this business, actually, there was a situation that happened and I had to make a decision on the spot. So I didn't have that privilege of, you know, the runway to launching your business, having a secure paycheck and your business at the same time, kind of gradually pulling back. I I just literally, I quit one day and started my business literally the same day. (laughs) Um, And and I also was the breadwinner for my family. So that was something that was not not easy. And I think that's where the Mm -hmm. doubt kind of came in, the scarcity. I don't know that it was like, I don't know that it was a a self-doubt as much as a scarcity mindset around Mm – especially because I don't come from money, especially because my childhood was rife with money problems, like real survival money problems, not just, Mm. you know, bad money language. It was like, actually, we don't have money. And so for me, it was that security around the paycheck that was hard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really common one, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. And I love that you just took the plunge and and leaped and obviously made it work. Amazing, amazing. What would you say to other people who perhaps have some of those those doubts, those fears um, around that insecurity or how do they Mm -hmm. believe in themselves to really go after that business dream that they have? Well, I truly believe that if you have a dream, it's because you also have the ability to bring it to life. Yes. And that you are well-resourced within and that – there's very few problems that there's not other humans who can't help you with, right? And Mm. we don't have to do it alone. So I think that just knowing you have a dream means that you can bring it to life. There's uh, a mentor that I listen to every week. His name is Chris Harder. And Mm. he he basically says, you know, if you're 1% as talented or knowledgeable or confident as a billionaire, like you're going to be good, you know? And I think that we could all say, yeah, I'm at least 1% as Mm. capable as these people who we see have made it big and they're self-made billionaires and they've, you know, like Spanx, right? Like when you really peel the layers back, you realize that you're not too different 
from other people. And so seeing other people win is now a blueprint for the possibility that's available for you. It's just a matter of putting your unique puzzle together of where you need support, you know, how you're going to make it work for you, how you're going to stand out and, and self belief really. And knowing, I think it's easier when you know that everybody struggles. <laughs> like you're not the only person who doesn't believe in yourself. So don't feel isolated and think that that needs to hold you back. Mm, oh, so much goodness in that. Yes, 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 yes. I also love Laurie Harder and Chris Harder. Their story yes. is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. And also what was coming to me is like, I, I totally uh, agree with you there and that like, if we, I often say we don't have the vision if it's not ours to live out. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got that vision, if you've got the calling, the nudge, then it, go for it. You know, it's yours. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, it's it's our purpose. So it means that we are so equipped and, and got all those unique talents and gifts and strengths that are so supportive to, to birth that into the world, to create it. And Absolutely. also the other thing that was coming to me was, um, I think I saw this on Instagram a little while ago. It was some little quote thing about Tony Robbins and how he once started off with, I think his first in-person live event only had six people attend it and it was meant to be <laughs> to hold a hundred or something rather. And I don't know if you've, if you've followed him or uh, been oh, yeah. to any of his stuff. Um, I actually went to UPW in Sydney in 2019 cool. and it was like, thousands and thousands and thousands of people like it's incredible his stuff and I'm like wow that's so cool you know like we all start somewhere we like he only had six people for his first his first in-person event like amazing amazing how yeah we all we we all go on a journey it's and um we all start somewhere so yeah we don't have to like look up to these people and be like I have to like sell out thousands of seats for this or be fully booked or make all this money (laughs) in the first little while like we so often well our minds want us to yes Um, and And it's so important to build (laughs) exactly we compare our day one with their day Mm. 5,000 you know and a big part of this that I try to bring transparency to in my own community is I don't think we talk about the journey enough, right? Everybody talks about their success story, but I've seen enough businesses now, you know, I've been behind the scenes of hundreds of businesses now. And I can tell you that there is not one business that is not a mess in some way in the background. There is not one business leader who in some shape or form doubts themselves. And they're just not talking about it, right? And so mm. I think that if we can just make that journey more transparent, we're going to all feel less alone in that. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I agree. And hopefully we can have more open conversations like this on podcasts and social media and with our people. Yeah, to yeah. enable that more. Yes. Love it. So when you talk about creating a business from the inside out, what do you mean by that? Well, I, you know, I, the reason that I started to even go down the rabbit hole in this was because I would see people have amazing ideas, launch successful businesses. They were profitable and successful and, you know, everything on paper looked amazing, but there came a point inevitably where the the leader, the entrepreneur, the CEO just did not feel aligned anymore. And so it was either we're going to burn it to the ground or I'm going to sell or I'm literally just going to walk away, you know? Mm. And I was so caught up in that experience because it was a pattern that I saw over and over and over and over again. And it got me thinking about all the different metrics that we can use to design a successful business and how many of them are actually not just about profit, like financial profit. So I think for me, it was really about how do we get clear on our core values? Like, How do we build a business that actually adds to the life we want to live outside of that business, right? You yeah. could have a phenomenal idea for a business and you could make it so successful, but hate your life. Mm. And is that really success then? Yeah, so, what's the point, hey? <laughs> what's the point, right? And so um, definitely building a business from the inside out is about finding that alignment piece for you. Mm. 
leaning on your core values? What matters to you? And is your business advocating for that? Is it actually allowing you to live out those values? Is it supporting them? And what is your capacity? You know, like what is going to help you be a happy, thriving human while pursuing this dream? And I think when we get clear on those things and we create a solid foundation around deep self-awareness and build on that through strategy and systems in our business, then you have a sustainable business plan. And that's where the magic happens. Mm, Love that so much. And then it feels so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. it, It makes the world of difference. And I know this from experience. So it's, it's just, it's not worth ignoring the inner stuff, no matter how great your business becomes. Yeah. And that's, you know, so often why we often want to leave the nine to five or the corporate job or whatever it might be that we're in is so that we can create something that's more us, more aligned, that gives us that lifestyle that we're craving and wanting. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes, yeah, creating a business that then doesn't even allow us to do that. So yeah, I love love that. being really intentional and and self-aware from the from the uh from the start I guess hey exactly yeah Mm, amazing I um I feel like business is such a personal development journey or entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is such a personal development journey and you kind of touch on it with that right is like that self-awareness piece and would you say that is the same for you and what you've seen with working with so many entrepreneurs and business owners yourself Oh, big time. Big, big, big time. I I don't think any of us, even though we know this too, none of us are fully prepared for the wild ride that is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a constant reflection of all your stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it is a big, big, big vehicle for inner expansion. Definitely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and for like I I actually really like that like I feel like sometimes we're meant to birth these ideas into the world and these businesses because it also enables us to step up and into the version of mm-hmm. ourselves that we're meant to be you know to grow and to evolve absolutely yeah absolutely. so so I guess how do we navigate that with grace? Like how do, <laughs> how do mm-hmm. we, how do we grow businesses and grow ourselves? And I don't know, what would you say to that? I feel like there's, there's some more juiciness in there. Definitely. I mean, I think that having a coach or a confidant, um, mm-hmm. someone, someone that's a safe space for you to process, unravel, question, explore, get curious, all of that stuff that surfaces is really, really important. So that's definitely one of the first things. Um, Mm. Secondly, I think it's just radical acceptance of your Mm. humanity and a celebration of that. You know, I think so many of us hold ourselves to these exceptionally difficult standards. And when we fail or make mistakes, it's hard, really. It's an ego crisis. But beyond that, when it's public and you're in a business, shame comes up and you're you're doing all of this publicly, which is a different layer of vulnerability. Mm. So grounding into your own worthiness, radically accepting your humanity, and giving yourself permission to be all of what that means you know, to not be perfect, to be okay making mistakes, to know how to repair, to communicate authentically. And that's a word that gets thrown around a lot, but to communicate with heart and reverence and tenderness for yourself, to just really lean in to playing bigger. There's uh, an incredible book actually called Playing Bigger by Mm. Tara Moore. And she talks about the old Hebrew words for fear being distinct. And I'm going to totally mispronounce this. I am so sorry to any Hebrew listeners, but uh, Peshad is the one fear, which we all know sort of she talks like the, she talks about it like the monsters under our bed, 
right? Like the actual survival instinct type of fear. But then there's a different version of fear called Yira. And this is an expansion into our next level. And it feels like fear, but it's actually, it's it's a stretching. It's an expanding of your comfort zone. It's It's an invitation to take up that next role and purpose and meaning for your life and your calling. And it feels different. And if we can distinguish between those two in our bodies, we can respond differently. So Mm, we can, right. Yeah. When we're triggered. So say something happens in our business, someone asks for a refund and we're triggered. Um, well, is this Yara or Pashad, right? And like, what is being triggered? How can I validate myself? Where am I looking to be validated by this person? What worthiness wounds are coming up? When we have the tools to support ourselves internally, as we're triggered and as we're growing and as we're expanding, really the the grace is what we're extending to ourselves. The Mm. compassion is what we're extending to ourselves. And that is, I think, the most important part of being a business leader, the the personal leadership that needs to happen as we're elevating our internal capacity and we're stepping into that greatness for our life. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I love that. I think I um, saw something on Instagram that you shared about those those two distinctions of the different types yeah. of fear. So fascinating and, and I can really resonate with those. And so, so good to be able to differentiate the two. I love it. Love it so much. Um, so you talk a bit about soul service, Robs. What, mm. what do you mean by soul service? Can you talk to a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think it comes back to that alignment piece of mm, what really makes you feel alive. What is so exciting to wake up to in the morning? What flows naturally from you? What, you know, what is your heart really begging to share with the world? Mm -hmm. And how are you living that out? And, yeah. and I think that so many of us, we talk about, you know, living out our passions and, and while that's great for me, it really is about a layer deeper. It's about what are you here to do in, in your lifetime mm. beyond just what makes you happy? How are you meaningfully contributing to the world? How are you, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like some grand, like change the world, you know, it could be just changing your world, the people in your world, just changing your own life, your generational patterns, all of that. But really, it's about that meaning, that contribution that has significant meaning to the world yeah. today. Mm, love that so much. Amazing. And then that we can create a business around that or if it's not, you know, if it's not mm-hmm. a, a job as such, that we can create it for ourselves. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be something that we commodify or package into a business. For some of us, that it, it will be a business. Mm-hmm. Certainly for me, it is a business. Um, at other times of my life, it hasn't been a business. It's been through nonprofit initiatives. It's been through parenting, you know, mm-hmm. mother and my daughter. It's been through how I show up uh, in, my, in my community. And even the, the contribution I made in my corporate roles, right? Like we're always bringing our best selves and we're always thinking about how we can continue to find that alignment between that voice of inner knowing that says this is right and this is wrong. Mm. I love I love that you gave lots of different examples of how we can live that out or, or share our soul's work and it's mm-hmm. not just around a business or making money I love that so much thank you for for sharing those oh yeah you're so welcome and and perhaps also that it morphs and changes with with time and as you grow as a human it does and allowing yourself seasons for that I I see a lot of people trying to white knuckle their you know their purpose in quotations like Mm. what is my purpose what am I here to do and it's like well why don't you just follow the breadcrumbs? Why don't you just get curious? Why don't you explore? Why don't you lean into love and joy mm. and play and fun and 
allow things to unravel for you because they will. Yeah. Yeah. I love the follow the breadcrumbs. Gosh, I can't Mm -hmm. say that either. (laughs) And the excitement. (laughs) It's so, so true. And that's like, I I often say that's your intuition. You know, those, Mm -hmm. those things that you get so lit up and excited by and inspired by and are interested in, those aren't, like those are there for a reason you know those aren't just coincidences those are there to support you to to explore those things more and uncover more about your purpose and your why and your your soul's work exactly and so many of us have been conditioned right like maybe you're like I always wanted to be a doctor but when you really dig behind that did you want to be a doctor or did you want to please your parents Mm. right did you want to be someone who's honored externally in society. There's all these different things that we have to dig into to get really clear on what do I want to contribute and why? Mm. Is this coming from me or not? And for me, it was, well, I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. Why? Well, I grew up in Africa and I saw atrocities and I, and, I, and I felt actual guilt about living in Canada when so many of my friends were were living through very difficult hardships. And so I felt a responsibility of giving back. And so when I was able to separate, well, do you want to be a human rights lawyer or do you just want to be someone who advocates for people to have a voice and a choice? For me, that was it actually. And so entrepreneurship became a vehicle for me to live out that that mission. Mm. But law could have done the same, right? So Really, it's about getting into the the core of what you want to do and why. Yes, yes. Out of the shoulds and the shouldn'ts, out of the conditioning mm-hmm. and getting super honest with yourself. What is actually the driving force here? What really sets your soul on fire and how yes. do you best want to live that out? How can you do that? Yeah. Amazing. Such a juicy conversation. I'm loving this. Um, <laughs> Good. So, Um, let's talk a little bit about going back to more business conversations around selling with soul like I think if we're early stages of business and it is our soul's work and so we've created a business around it for example sometimes it can be really challenging to 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 charge for our soul work for our services Mm -hmm. for our products or whatever it is that we're creating and, and giving to the world what would you say to people in those early stages that have a bit of that that fear mindset about how do I charge myself? How do I make money for this soul work? Yes, it's a great question and it's its own epidemic in my opinion because women mm. especially have been, you know, conditioned by the good girl to to always be helpers and to give of their time and free yeah free time and their resources and all of that for free. So we have this actual conditioning that really internally says it's wrong to receive money in exchange for that. Mm. So what I always like to come back to is money is just one part of an energetic exchange, right? Like if you're asking someone for their time, for their resources, for their referrals, for their connections, all of that. It's it's like asking for their money. It's a resource exchange and you are worthy to receive that, right? Like you Mm. are point blank worthy to receive it. I see this come up a lot when people um, are shifting from charging like hourly to charging on a project type basis. For example, if you're a, a website designer And you're usually charged by the hour and now you're charging a package because what used to take you 40 hours now takes you 10 or 12 hours, but you're earning the same. Mm -hmm. That can really trigger that. Well, like, am I worthy of this? Right. But it, it comes back to the value. What value are you contributing to the person who you're helping and worthiness? You are worthy to receive financial abundance in exchange for that. And, mm. and it's a muscle that we have to train sometimes. Sometimes we have to just do the thing and then it starts to feel more comfortable. But really it's about worthiness. You are worthy to receive financial abundance for your contribution. Yeah. I, I always see money and receivership 
so tied in with worthiness and so mm-hmm. absolutely doing some of that that inner work around ramping up or rebuilding that self-worth muscle again so so important and so so helpful and in so many different ways of course but especially when we're talking about selling and and um, business mm. yeah and the, the thing is honestly people love to spend money like people want to throw their money at you so it's about shifting your strategy around sales too so that people don't feel like they're being sold to, but they're happy to give you their money. There's a lot of psychology there and there's a strategy that can support you in that. But when you get that package really tight, <laughs> then it's it's just really magnetic and uh, and it's it's all around happy because people are so happy to be paying you and you're so happy to receive that because you're seeing the value that you're adding to someone's life and what that means to you in other areas of your life. Mm. How do we how do we do that then, Rob? So how do we get people excited to to give us money? So there's a lot of different ways, but the core at the core of it, really, it's about speaking to the transformation, speaking to what it is that they want mm. in a way that they can understand and helping them see that you are someone that is safe for them to trust. Yeah. Right. You are you are someone who is going to reduce the risk that they're feeling. Right. So the five golden rules I have for not sucking at sales is the first one is sales is a transfer of confidence and service. When you come from a place of service and confidence in what you're contributing to your lead, they're going to energetically feel that. Simply by exchanging with you, they now feel bolstered in the transformation that they're seeking and confident in the investment that they're making. So they're feeling happy about making that investment. The second thing is actually closing the sale is not the end of that exchange. Delivering on the promise is the end of that exchange. And the more that you're delivering on the promise, the more validation you receive to receive value for that, right? It's like there's proof here (laughs) that I'm helping people and they're loving it and this is awesome and now I'm even more open to receiving. Yeah. Um, And – So it's really then the third thing is about connecting with their humanity through stories and emotion. So most people will use emotion to purchase, not logic. And so it's getting really specific on the psychological, emotional experience of that exchange. How do they want to feel in that process? How do they want to feel about spending their money? How do they want to feel about their investment? And how can you speak to that in a way that is memorable and fun and and just what they want, right? Like they may not want you dancing on the table excitedly fun. They may want a rich conversation about the depths of the human experience. But whatever language they're speaking, whatever story would be memorable to them, using that to connect to their humanity and the emotions that they want to feel in that exchange. So those are the top three. The other two is that it's your job to connect with your people, right? So you got to take the lead and um, and do so with through listening and all of that. But you really need to take the lead. I think a lot of people are waiting for for sales to kind of fall out the sky. You know, like they open their doors and they're like, why are people not like charging in? This is such an amazing product. (laughs) And it's like, well, like it's your job to meet them where they are. It's not their job to know that you exist. So that's where the marketing piece comes in. Mm. And then, and lastly, it's really about that follow-up. It's, it's about building a long-term relationship with your clients, not just having a dine and dash experience. Mm -hmm. That looks like following up. That looks like having a genuine connection, caring about your people as humans, not as, you know, a sale and, and cultivating that community for the long haul is a big, big, big part of, of building a successful sales strategy and also business as a result. Mm, Thank you so much for diving into that. That's so fascinating. And yeah, I can absolutely relate to, to all of those points. Um, from both points of view, you know, from a, from a client perspective, but also mm-hmm. from a business owner selling as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So fascinating. You're um, welcome. 
my last question on business, Robs, was really around authenticity and, and alignment and making sure that we're living and our lives and our businesses in alignment. Do you have anything more to share around that? I know we spoke about it a bit earlier. I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to add there. Um, specifically around my life living in alignment with my business or tips for anybody listening? Oh, both. Whatever you want to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's a constant reflection really um because I find that it's like being a bot a boat in the ocean with waves and Mm -hmm. the boat kind of rocks differently depending on life and so it's always assessing where am I in alignment where am I not you know life always has these variables that are changing so it's it's not about being rigid and stubborn but being flexible and fluid to pivot and tweak where necessary to constantly come back to that alignment piece. Um, and, and then in terms of anyone in general, I mean, I think firstly, self-awareness, I think that's a message that I I am sharing quite repetitively here, but self-awareness is the foundation for a life you love. Right. And so constantly deepening your self-awareness, strengthening the relationship you have with yourself, also strengthening the relationship you have with healthy relationships in your life. Uh, For me, a big, big one here, and it's it's a struggle I've always had and I'm learning, is boundaries. You know, they preserve what matters most to you. And so when you're in alignment, you will always need to have strong boundaries. Mm. Um, how do we do that? How do we navigate, you know, other people's projections and the emotions that come up when we enforce a boundary? How do we stay honoring our truth and not self-abandoning in order to please other people? These are these are the things that I'm constantly learning and leaning into and reflecting on to maintain that alignment in my life. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I love that it's a constant fluidity type thing and checking mm-hmm. in and, and pivoting and tweaking as you need to make sure it is always feeling really good and in alignment um, and in that season, I guess, as well. And love those points. Yeah. Awareness, boundaries, classic. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so important. And a work in progress often, you know, it's a constant refining yeah. and and upholding those boundaries as people start to push on them more and more. But yeah, love it. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. You're, yeah, no problem. Thank you for hearing them. <laughs> Let's uh, shift gears slightly to some more rapid fire questions. Are you ready, okay. Robin? Go for it. <laughs> what have been some of the most pivotal game-changing habits, practices, rituals, things that you've done along your personal development journey that have made a really big difference for you personally? Um, okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is so simple, but it's my early morning walk by myself, an hour in nature, rain or shine, to start my day before everyone in my family wakes up. Love it. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Other ones, um, are you looking for multiple answers here or just the first thing that comes to mind? Go for it. Either or. Okay. <laughs> um, prayer is a big part of my day, um, like really kind of tuning in, you know, through prayer and mindfulness is a is a big, big part. I always know when I'm not doing that because life starts to feel chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big thing is play. I've really started to prioritize every single day I play. I um, look for ways to experience pleasure in my simple moments of life and just kind of fall in love with life every single day because we are, as you know, we're wired for negativity. And Mm -hmm. so our brains will like to go that route. But coming back to, oh, I can't forget, gratitude gratitude, play, pleasure, (laughs) Um, these things that remind us that life is here to be lived and we don't need to take everything so seriously. That's a daily practice for me that makes a big, big, big difference, not just to my experience of my day, but the outcomes in my life. Yeah. Yes. Love all of those ideas and suggestions. Really, really cool. Love it. What does inner confidence mean to you? Inner confidence to me actually feels like peace. 
it's um it's it's feeling comfortable within myself not looking to be validated outside of myself not looking to need to please other people it looks like not self-abandoning it looks like owning my presence and owning my light and it, for me it's it's quiet and i would never have said this because my early 20s i would have said something very different i'm now in my early 30s and the last decade i've really i've really shifted in what confidence means to me but now it's it's a an inner knowing that cannot be shaken yes yes i love the way you talk about it i absolutely agree yes mm. <laughs> what's What's one thing that your inner critic used to always say and tell you on repeat that you can now see as just total BS? Oh my God, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think it was that making money would be hard. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be making money would be hard, keeping money would be harder, and uh, – and that money would always be a big problem in my life. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. What's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Oh, God. Uh, you know, I think about this all the time, raising a girl and raising my little girl. She's four. I think that I would tell her that she has nothing to prove to anybody. And she gets to make her own rules. Oh, I love it. That's mm -hmm. so interesting. Can, yeah, I, I definitely. Yeah, it's funny because I think it's this like there's this movement in life to like not have regrets. And I get it on some level, but I, I certainly do have regrets, not from not from the perspective of shame or um lack mm -hmm. of self-forgiveness, but more from the perspective of I wish I had done things differently yeah. and learning from that and seeing that as a teacher. But I definitely have spent a lot of my life just, you know, up until the last few years, just trying to prove that I'm worthy of something, mm -hmm. you know, and there's, there's so many reasons why. But in trying to prove that you're worthy, you're always looking for validation outside of yourself. And so you're always looking to see what other people are doing and then doing those things too, right? And mm -hmm. and that just is a recipe for disaster. So I wish that at an earlier age, I had given myself permission to speak my real truth to not self-abandon. I've said this a couple times now, but that was a big, big, big thing I had to heal because I all, I was a big people pleaser. So, um, and we know that people pleasing is a form of manipulating, right? It's a form of wanting to manipulate how somebody else sees you. Mm. And that is rooted in not really being willing to give yourself that love and that acceptance and that safety that you're looking to receive from other people. So, from that place, I made decisions in my life. I behaved in certain ways. I showed up in relationships in ways that I I just wish that I didn't because I sold myself out in so many ways and I didn't truly lean into my my truth and my potential and a life that would have really honored me in a way that I can now where I refuse to self-abandon, where I uphold my boundaries, where I validate myself first, where I know I'm worthy. And and I my greatest dream is that I create a container for my daughter where she knows that who she is is innately enough, that she is loved and worthy regardless of anything, that my love for her is truly unconditional and that she is free to to just be herself and to live a life on her own terms without needing to prove anything to anyone, especially me, and uh, and see where the road takes her when she can truly live in that alignment and, and self-trust. Wow, that is so beautiful. I have full-on goosebumps. That is just so gorgeous the way you, you speak about that. And also just 
Oh, such a testament to you and all of the wonderful work that you've obviously been journeying through yourself and your own inner world and how how divine a human you are. How gorgeous is that? Thank you oh. so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for reflecting that back to me. You know, the inner work is is hard and it's mm. it's been painful at times, but I'm very thankful to have a community of people who are relentlessly committed to unraveling what's not theirs and leaning into what is. And there's people like you and our beautiful bike community and 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 all the support, you know, that says you have permission to do you and be you. And we not only support you, but we advocate for you to have that space. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Love that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, isn't it beautiful? I'm just so, so thankful that I, I listen to my inner knowing and my my intuition, yeah. my calling to go down the path of of my own personal journey well before coaching, but also, um, yeah, finding beautiful you in this beautiful community and doing this wonderful work. It's just makes my heart sing, makes my soul sing. I love it so much. And it's, yeah, it's so beautiful to hear you speak about that community in that way. I totally agree. Yeah, we would be nowhere really without, I think, you know, a community that knows how to hold space for us in our brilliance. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I just feel like that's coaching to a T, like, exactly. oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it's the same, like business is a personal development vehicle, but so is motherhood. And for mm. me, it was, you know, I always dreamed of being a mom. And when I was a mom, I had all these things, these, you know, raising my hypothetical child before I had her. And then realizing, oh my God, I really don't have to parent her too much. I have to parent myself. And that was when I, I dove deep, deep, deep into all of my stuff because I want to make sure that I'm giving her the best shot of mm. not having to carry the weight of that, you know, the generational things and the inner child wounds and all of that. So, yeah. Oh, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is, it so right? If we can all just heal ourselves, that would change the world. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So lucky last question, Robs. If there was mm -hmm. one thing, one message or one piece of wisdom that you'd like to impart with the world and the lives that you've touched, what would it be? Oh, I would say let your life be a love letter. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. I, you know, love is one of my core values and I used to feel embarrassing that because I think when we when we speak of love, we we think of Valentine's Day and all these very superficial, sort of cheesy things. But love to me is a verb. Love to me is mm -hmm. safety for all. Love to me is grace and compassion and healing and just making everybody who you encounter better off through simply just being yourself. And so I think that when we can make our life a love letter, it it's liberating to other people to to do the same. Yeah. Oh, how gorgeous. I have like sore cheeks from smiling. This is just <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> Thank you um, so much for these beautiful questions. They're making me think. <laughs> <laughs> I love some big juicy questions hey <laughs> yeah the richness of this human experience oh thank you so so much for sharing your heart your wisdom your story and your I want to say your soul as well so much goodness in this conversation I have just absolutely loved it and I know the listeners will take so so much from this conversation was oh, there anything else was there anything else you wanted to share with us that I didn't ask you today? Oh, no, I don't think so. I just so appreciate you inviting me here and anyone listening for giving us your time and energy and allowing us to be part of your day. Um, you know, mm. we didn't really dive into too much business strategy. So if anyone looks 
um, is looking, I should say specifically for anything around that, um, they're welcome to reach out to me for, for support with that. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Clearly you have so much wisdom and experience in this field. So absolutely reach out. Where can the listeners find you, Rob? Um, they can find me on Instagram at robin.gooding. They can also find me on my website, robingooding.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-G-O-O-D-I-N-G. And I have a weekly podcast as well called The Profitable Way, which they can tune in anywhere they listen to their podcasts. Yes, definitely go check out Robin. Go say hi. She is such a beautiful, beautiful soul, as you can hear from today's conversation. And yeah, thank you so, so much, Robin. We'll talk again really soon. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful day. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes and that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world. 